Good morning. Today is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. The word religion is not an adequate word to describe Judaism. The word religion usually refers to the system of the relationship between human beings and a deity and God. Of course, Judaism is much wider than just that relationship. Judaism is a system that affects every area of life. Another term we might use for Judaism is a legal system. Judaism is a system of law. Now the truth is, to call Judaism a system of law is also inadequate because it is more than just a system of law. But I would say the term legal system is a more accurate portrayal of what Judaism is than the term religion. And that's because Judaism is best expressed through law. It, the best way to understand what Judaism is is through Jewish law. And the most fundamental concepts of Judaism that it shares with each of us and that it teaches the entire world are concepts that are communicated through its legal system, through halakha, through Jewish law. So let me just share with you very, very briefly one tiny example. Um, as you may know, I have the privilege of teaching a course at McGill Faculty of Law, so I take an entire semester really to describe this, but just, just a little bitty snip, snippet. Um, and this is something that comes from the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, in a famous lecture that he gave, later written down, and it goes like this. In any legal system, usually we divide it between criminal law and civil law, meaning those issues where a person committed a specific crime, let's say a violence or something like that, God forbid, versus a dispute between two parties over a monetary issue. We refer to that in halacha as dine mominus, a monetary dispute between two parties. Now, when it comes to a monetary dispute between two parties, the Talmud says that if two people are having a dispute or two parties are having a dispute, they should take their dispute to Betin, to a court. And that applies from the time of Moshe up until today. If there's a dispute, we should go to a Bezdin, to a Betin. A Betin has the choice of which path it can take in arriving at a decision in the case. The first path, which is the most intuitive path that I think we associate with court, with Betin, is called Din. Din means pure justice, straight justice. What that means is um, the judges will hear witnesses, they will examine testimony, they will cross-examine, they will investigate, they will deliberate, and they'll come to a decision. This one is right, this one is wrong. This one owes the money, this one does not owe the money. It comes to a conclusion that is definitive. That's called din. There's another path that's called peshara. Peshara means compromise, settlement. 
arbitration. Now, the Talmud discusses which is preferable. And the conclusion of the Talmud is that pshara is preferable. Jewish law is not unique in having a system of mediation and compromise, but here's what is unique. And this is the point that the Rav makes in his article, and this is something that really conveys the essence of what Jewish law is. Din puts one party against the other. The judge or the judges analyze the facts, they apply the legal reasoning to the case, and one party emerges as the victor, and the other party is defeated. He loses. At the end of a case involving din, discord and resentment persist, even as the court docket is cleared. The case is closed. The legal issue has been resolved. The judge or the judges have resolved the legal issue, but the human bitterness remains. In pshara, in compromise or mediation or arbitration, the primary focus of the judges is social harmony. The goal is not to be, to quote the Rav's words, the goal is not to be juridically astute, but to be socially healing. And, as I mentioned, the Talmud says, pshara is always the preferred alternative. By the way, even practically today, if uh, two parties go to a dispute um, and they go to a bet-din, usually the bet-din will say to them, we are going to follow a certain type of pshara, of mediation, of finding some kind of compromise. Now, what's unique about this in Jewish law? What's unique is that in Quebec's courts, we have the same thing. There are mediators. In Canada, we have the same thing. Every legal system has mediators, arbitrators. But here's the thing. <clears throat> in Canada, Quebec, most Western legal systems, this concept of mediation or arbitration is extra legal. It's outside the court. It's a separate entity. The judge deals with law. Anything that is not strictly law, that's not the purview of the court. It belongs somewhere else. A judge may say, I want to refer you to mediation or arbitration. I want you to go to an arbitrator. That's not what Jewish law says. What Jewish law says is that the judge must see themselves not primarily as a jurist, but primarily as a humanist. It does not contradict law, but it is rather its preferred and finest fulfillment. Because when there is a strict following of din, of strict law, there is justice, but there is no shalom, there's no peace. The immediate issue is resolved, but the conflict persists. Now, within the secular system, shalom, achieving harmony and 
everyone being okay and feeling okay. That's for social workers. That's for psychologists. That's beyond the jurisdiction of a judge. But in Jewish law, the Torah wants the judge not only to be a magistrate, but to be a teacher and a healer. The judge's responsibility is primarily to enlighten rather than to render decisions on points of law. And that is a lesson that Jewish law teaches that is unique and something we give to the world. I just want to share with you two quotes, and I always share these two quotes with my students. They so well express the values and the goals of Jewish law in general. The first may come from what may appear to you to be a surprising source, but someone who I admire very, very much, Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison wrote, I tell my students, when you get these jobs that you have been so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that if you are free, you need to free somebody else. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. And that is completely consistent with the values and the goals of Jewish law. Finally, I want to leave you with this. I've shared this before, and you may have heard it before. It's something we need to repeat all the time. Many of us know and admire Erwin Cutler, such a wonderful person, such a role model, and we have him within our community to learn from and to, to absorb the lessons that he, teach, that he teaches. A year and a half ago, Erwin Kotler received another honorary degree from McGill Faculty of Law. It was, this was in uh, June of 2019. And he spoke. His speech at that time was magnificent. And you can Google it. And I urge you, it's about, I think, 14 minutes. It is well worth your time to listen to what he says. But here's just one quote. He said, his father taught him to pursue justice. It's equal to all the other commandments. But his mother taught him, if you want to pursue justice, you have to understand. You have to feel the injustice around you. You have to feel the injustice and combat the injustice. Otherwise, the pursuit of justice will remain a theoretical abstraction. And that is so in keeping with the values of Jewish law that we not only pursue justice, but we speak out against it and do everything in our power to alleviate it. That's the only way we can achieve justice from a Torah point of view. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.